Hey everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier review by me and Tristan here on the Movie Change Up podcast, where each week uh, we come in on Friday night and review uh, the most recent episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't remember what this episode was called. Do you have it, Tristan? Or The Whole World is Watching, which is a really good episode for a really good title for this episode considering the ending. And I think that's going to play a big big factor in the story moving forward uh tristan what are your kind of overall thoughts on this episode Yeah, it's definitely up there for me. It might, you know, on a rewatch where I can see kind of the other episodes. And I just realized your mic was muted, so that's great. Uh, yeah. I liked it, guys. You know, good episode. <laughs> I was a fan. You know, the show took a while to get started, but now I'm really into it. And I'm glad this one was great. It might be my favorite episode so far. So I'm looking forward to finishing up the season. And so far, so good for me. Yeah, I'm definitely going to fix that on the podcast version. Uh, yeah, I really liked this episode. I thought it was, you know, one of the better episodes of the series. I mean, we've only, this is only the fourth one, but it's probably my favorite so far. Um, I guess to start off at the beginning, uh, I'm trying to think how this episode start. I literally just rewatched it for the second time. You're a big note. So guy. basically, the fo- the first part of the episode is sort of Sam and. Bucky and now Zemo, and they're on their search uh, for Carly, who yeah. has the super soldier serums, and she's trying to, meanwhile, be debating on what she's going to do with them, when, if they're going to take them or not. So the first half episode of the episode is Sam and Bucky on the tail of Carly. Meanwhile, uh, new Captain America and Battlestar are on the tail of Sam and Bucky, so they have this like cat and mouse chase going on. I really like it a lot. I think they're doing a lot with Zemo more than I thought they would do with him. Like In the trailer, I thought, oh, he's just going to be like, the bad guy or like one of the pawns of a bad guy but they've done a lot to develop his character and to make him this Hannibal Lecter kind of or like blacklist kind of character where he's just like he's a bad guy but he's alongside with the heroes he's had his own agenda and his own game but he's not necessarily like fighting against their goals so I really like what they're doing with Zemo in this especially in this in the last two episodes are just great Zemo episodes yeah it's shown he's like he's very much a gray character he's not completely good but he's also not completely bad like if they were to make a movie that was wholly from zemo's character you'd be like this is a good person like he's done some bad things but i mean if you look at sam sam's killed people too and we look at him it's like oh he's a good guy on the show like zemo his you know his family was killed by super soldiers and he sees super soldiers as bad and he's like i just don't think there should be super soldiers and you got a point you know (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of morally gray in a lot of the characters here. I think that's what they're doing the most uh, work with here is people like John Walker, who could just be like the one-note bad guy he took on the Captain America shield. He doesn't deserve it. He's not Steve Rogers, so he's bad. And they could have made him very one-note. They could have made everybody one-note, especially the enemy, the Flag Smashers. I think Marvel has a problem with villains a lot, where they build their heroes a lot, and they do a lot of good interactions and, and dialogue with their heroes, but their villains just sort of like the secondary thing yeah. in a lot of their movies. And I think this is really showing their strength can be in the villains if they wanted to. Like, they've done the work to establish Bucky and the Falcon and 
Sharon Carter, you don't need to get them built up anymore. And now is their chance to really develop these new characters that and give break against that mold, break against that like preconceived idea that Marvel's villains are bad and slowly but surely start giving us good villains. Yeah, because like Carly, I mean, it's hard because uh, we there's no true villain in this series so far except for maybe Walker. And like, cause it's weird because at the start of the show, it's like, okay, he kind of has his own way of doing things. He's not exactly who you want as the next Captain America, but you know, I can kind of see where he's going. And as the show goes on, and especially by the end of this episode, it's like, okay, he's fully the villain of this show so far until we might meet the power broker and be like okay maybe the power broker is the overall villain of this show but as of right now it's definitely john walker yeah they built they built up the power broker even more this episode so i definitely think he's going to show up at some point by the end of the season but i'm starting he or or maybe sharon carter (laughs) but i think your your theory that it's probably going to be like a long-term disney plus villain more so than just the villain of this show is probably what they're going to go for i imagine it's Thunderbolt Ross or somebody like that that's gonna bring them in to be like a long running, yeah. behind the scenes kind of villain of the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. But yeah, I'm super impressed by their new Captain America more than anything on this show. I think that was where they could have way too easily gone over the line and like made him way too on the nose or made him too much of a political kind of a story. Mm. And I think that this show perfectly walks that line of talking about politics and talking about political issues while not making that the entire focus of the show you can easily watch this and just enjoy the action and enjoy like the drama of the characters and not really be invested in the political agenda but if you're not into the mcu super much and you're not really into a lot of the characters you can watch this and be like okay what are they saying about the politics here what are they trying to use these characters to do so i really think disney plus out of these two, two shows in a row now i think they've done a good job of Making it for fans, but also making it appeal to people who aren't necessarily sold on the MCU as a whole right now. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting things to me is the things that make John Walker a villain are not like his politics or anything. It's more of like his personal story. You know, it's not like he's like, oh, flag smashers are bad. It's more like his way of dealing with the flag smashers of kind of I like his story of basically the weight of being Captain America is just too much for him. And because there was even that moment of like when he gets beat up by the uh, the uh, women from Wakanda and he's like, they're not even super soldiers. And he realizes he lost. It's like that's the moment where you knew he was definitely going to take the serum that he found. And I can feel his desperation. I love that scene. I didn't mean to talk over you, but I do love you. You uh, set up a bit that scene where him and Battlestar are sort of talking about the morals, taking the. I was going to say taking the vaccine, but taking the superhero uh, serum, uh, you have that debate where he's like, should I take it? Should I not? Is it going to change who I am? And they have that moment like, oh, you're, you're a medal winner. You have three, I don't know if they're medal of honors or what what he got within the universe of this show, but he has three high profile military honors. And he has that line of like, yeah, well, what I had to do to get those didn't feel very honorable. It didn't feel like I was doing the right thing. Yeah. So you can see that moral question was always in him it wasn't just something that came about with the superhero uh, serum that's always something i hate about uh comic books in general is like oh they take a character and then there's some like random like plot device that comes in and changes his whole personality so they can be a villain and i think this really shows that he he has a personality that the serum kind of enhances but it didn't like fully turn him from good to bad or something like that he was a complex character from the start 
Yeah, it goes back to, uh, what is it, Stanley Tucci that plays the, you know, Doctor in Captain America, the first Avenger. It, like, doesn't add anything or, like, take anything away. It just, you know, shows off what's already there. Yeah, I really like that a lot. I think this show feels very much hand-in-hand with the Captain America movies. It feels like this could have been Captain America 4, essentially. Like, it feels like it's not only the same characters, but the same kind of tones and the same themes. And I think it calls back a lot to the first Captain America, which I like. It's one of my kind of underrated MCU favorites that's gotten overshadowed a lot by Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And I think whether it's the music, whether it's some of the questions and the characters, it's really calling back to that movie along with the other two. Yeah, and there were moments, too, like, where it kind of reminded me of, you know, some scenes that they have, like, with Batman, where Sam goes in and he's like, I'm not going in to fight. He just goes in to talk with Carly and reason with Carly. And I feel like that was more Steve Rogers than anything John Walker has done, which is, I think, partially why, you know, Steve wanted to give Sam the shield and thought Sam would be the next, like, or, like, the perfect next Captain America, even though he didn't have any superpowers. Yeah, this show seems like it's going to be Sam earning his stripes and like proving himself yeah. not just to the world around him, but to himself that he's Captain America, that he he's earned it, that yeah. he deserves it, that he's he doesn't have to be as good as Steve Rogers, just has to be as good of a Sam Wilson as he can be. You know, I think part of that's going to be you're never yeah. going to be able to match Steve Rogers and the guy you can lift Thor's hammer. You know, you're not going to be that. Yeah. But you can use your individual life experience and your individual connections to the to world, to your family, and make Captain America out of that. So I'm really excited to see what Sam's future is. Yeah. Because I think it's like showing, especially like how he's working kind of with everyone from Zemo to Carly to, you know, even trying to work with the U.S. agent, or I mean not U.S. agent, but, uh, you know, John Walker, even though that relationship's not going great. I think that's partially showing why he'd be a good Captain America. How, what did you think of the uh, scene with, I think it's the, the Dora Milaje, the uh, troops from Wakanda who came in and had that fight. They had them set up last episode, and then this yeah. it was like a big fight where they finally are like, all right, time's up, Zemo is ours, and of course, Battlestar and Captain America are, are all there at the same time, so they get in this kind of Yeah, I thought it was brawl. like a fun, fun fight scene. It was definitely a lot of knives, which I was a fan <laughs> of. I thought that was kind of a fun thing, but yeah, I, was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good scene. Yeah, I thought it was funny when they were fighting Captain America at first and Bucky and Sam were just kind of standing there, yeah. like, watching. Yeah. And oh, Sam's I... like, we should do something. And Bucky just has that line he shouts out, like, you're looking real good there, John, looking strong. Yeah. I love... <laughs> While he's getting his ass kicked. I like the moment, too, where one of them, dis- like, literally disarms Bucky and, like, pushes the buttons in or whatever, and his arm falls off. And he just, you, he just felt, you could see on his face, he just felt violated. Like he yep. was like he looked at his arm at, on the ground and number one he didn't know he could do it could do that and number two like he just the, the fact that she did that he just was not happy with he he just was like sick almost I know you could tell he was like did not expect that yeah. and felt like his personal space was violated a little bit <laughs> I wonder if that was like built as like a fail safe into mm-hmm. his system like when she said at the first scene like oh i'm not gonna let hurt anyone is that like what she was referring to like if he does end up going bad she has this like specific pressure point you can press where his arm's gonna fall off and he can't really do anything yeah yeah i don't know i thought that first scene was pretty good too we're seeing a flashback to when bucky was staying in wakanda oh yeah i love that by that by this fire and she's 
said it, mm. saying the words from, I think they're from Winter Soldier. They might have been from Civil War, like the my, the brainwashing yeah, words from Winter Hydra. Soldier, yeah, yeah. I think like that scene, like all, all every time they flash Wakanda, makes me think more and more that if Bucky survives the suit, which I had like a flash of, like what if Bucky doesn't survive this show, like his final moment is sacrificing himself for Sam or somebody else. And that's kind of it. But I think if he survives this show, he's going to go by White Wolf and not the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I'm curious. Like we've said before, I don't know how big Disney wants to go with these shows. I don't know if they're going to kill off a major character in, be- mm. in between. Then they come back for like the next Avengers or whatever, and suddenly Bucky's not there. I wonder if people will be like, well, yeah. what happened to Bucky? But part of me wonders, but when there's too, side char- yeah. part of me wonders, in a world without Steve Rogers, where... If that one guy comes back, his name I can't remember, who becomes um, Sam's kind of sidekick who takes the role of Falcon when Sam becomes Captain America, like, what role does Bucky really have in the story anymore? Yeah, I'm not sure what Bucky's role is going to be. If it'll be some kind of, like, middle ground between Wakanda and the Avengers, if it'll be some kind of anti-hero... Like, I could see that because of everything with Chadwick Boseman, if he's kind of the tie between the Avengers, if they kind of use him as that instead of... I mean, I would, I'm not saying he's going to be Black Panther, but like you said, he's kind of the connective tissue between the Avengers and Wakanda, for now, at least, until they have a new Black Panther established. Yeah, I didn't expect to see Wakanda. I didn't really expect to get yeah. outside of... Obviously, it was only one scene, but when that came yeah. up and it said, oh, Wakanda, I was like, oh, look, we're really like, getting out... It's, it's definitely like some woods in either northern california or florida somewhere like there was no wakandaness to it at all it was just like some woods no they look in the background though it's wakanda we promise yeah yeah if you look behind the trees that you can't see behind wakanda's there even yeah, though like a cg shop for like a second that they probably like lifted straight from Black Panther and Game or something, <laughs> but yeah, because I like I think it's funny if you go back and watch like Black Panther, there's no like real woods around at all. That is true. It's not in the woods at all. Now that you it's mentioned like a, that. Desert it's like on a mountainside or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like straight desert. Um, to... Do you want to just jump to the last scene? Because I feel like both of us have kind of been putting it off, but this yeah, whole episode. To... Oh, I will say one of the things I did love is uh they're trying to get the information of where this like woman's funeral would be and like sam and bucky they go in like full charge and they're like interrogating people and stuff and then zemo just kind of skips along singing his little children's lullaby song and he has his candies and he talks to the children because the children are just smart enough to know the information but no one remembers that they have the information so no one really tells them like not to say anything so that little girl tells Zemo exactly where the funeral's gonna be and kind of helps him out. And I thought that was really yeah. Cool. I thought it just kind of showed like Zemo's like it. It did two things. It showed like how smart Zemo is, but that he's also not like a mustache twirling like evil villain. I think too the kids reminded the Zemo of his own yeah. child that he lost in uh, Sokovia. So I think that was a good like humanizing moment. Like you said, he's not just like an evil Hydra red skull kind of villain he has this humanity to him yeah i thought it was cool too to see him in action see like him as a spy sort of and i think that was a fun scene there he had the candy the trick to light and he was teasing the kids with it and using it to sort of like get information out of them like like barry squid from game of thrones he always has that little like web of 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 spiders 
I'm yeah. super impressed by Zemo. I know we're going to talk about the final scene in a second, but we talked about Zemo a lot, but I just think in Civil War, he was like a nothing character to me. I was like, the whole story around him is interesting, but he's not that interesting. And in two episodes now, he's become one of my favorite characters in the show. Yeah, it's really crazy like how much you can see how TV can develop characters. Because if I were to rank Marvel villains, Zemo, John Walker, and Catherine Hahn's character from WandaVision are all going to be in my like top seven or eight. And that's in a franchise with 22 movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the more we see from this, the more I'm excited for future shows. I just can't wait to see what they yeah. do next with this Disney Plus universe. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But yeah, the final scene, I love that the uh, the the Carly's friend in kind of early in the episode was talking about how she how he looked up to Captain America and like Captain America was kind of like his proof that there are still good people out there. And then at the end, you know, he gets his face caved in with Captain America's shield brutal scene yeah we kind of danced around it for this conversation but that's just because i think that's going to be what dominates the whole conversation of the episode that shot the final shot of the episode of him standing there with the blood in the shield just kind of looking around at the crowd like that's something that feels ripped out of the comic book page even though it isn't i don't think it feels like it has the iconography that big kind of epic feel i think it's going to be a shot in a scene that we remember and talk about a lot in the mcu and the way we talk about this show and the way we debate about how far is Disney going to go with these shows and with this yeah. universe? And I think this pushed it to another level we haven't seen in terms of violence, in terms of gore. I yeah. thought it was really powerful and effective. Yeah, like the bottom quarter. It wasn't like, oh, there was like sprinkles of blood on the shield. No, like the bottom quarter of that shield was just painted in blood. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, I was expecting it to cut away or something like that. Like maybe he hammers a shield down and you cut to commercial and that's – or not to commercial, you cut to credits and then that's the end of the episode. But they kept pushing it and they really went yeah. for it. And I think they didn't want any ambiguity in that scene. You know, they wanted us to be able to see John Walker unhinged yeah. and his fears coming to be fully realized. You know, he was afraid of what the serum would do to him. And now it's pushed him beyond the point of return. I wonder how – the government's going to react to this, how the military is going to react to this. He's in a foreign country doing some, I don't know if he's been approved or not by the government to be out there, but that's not a good look for the new Captain America to be murdering people on the street like that. Yeah, and they can't hide it because 40 people were around him all filming it with their phones, so, like, it's going to get out. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, maybe he'll get away with it. He's not getting away with it. And one of the things, to go back earlier, that I liked is, like, he picks up the serum and you're not sure if he took it or not. And there's a scene that kind of builds up to it, which he throws the shield and the shield like gets embedded in the wall and he pulls it out. And it's one of those things you don't really think about because you're kind of used to the shield doing that with Steve Rogers behind it. But then when it's revealed, OK, yeah, he definitely did take the serum and you look back at that moment. It's like, oh, it should have been obvious he had the serum then because a regular guy can't just throw the shield into a wall. And so I like that moment. But yeah, it was just further more of him having the serum just totally wrecking this guy. Yeah, and you mentioned this scene beforehand, too, of the uh, Flag Smasher mentioning, like, oh, I looked up to Captain America. He was someone that made me think good guys are still out there. And Carly reinforces this theme that's been going throughout the whole show of, like, symbols only have the meaning that men and women apply to them. Like, the, the shield means different things in different hands. And what it meant in Steve Rogers' hand is, like, this aspirational kind of figure the guy who's going to do the right thing, even when the right thing seems impossible. And now you're seeing it in John Walker's hands. And it's almost the complete foil of that. It's a guy who 
is going to let his emotions get to him. The guy who's going to sometimes take the easy way out because it's not going to be as much work for him, you know, and yeah. that's not Steve Rogers, Captain America at all. But now that he has a shield, that's what it's going to be seen as. So I'm really curious how the public reaction will be in this universe of people are going to be making excuses. I think that's something they could do if they're going for that political commentary. Maybe they're going to be like, oh, well, he has a hard job. You know, he was, he was under a lot of stress and, you know, maybe he just had to let out some steam and maybe he went too far, sure. But yeah. you could hear these excuses come rolling in pretty easily yeah. if they wanted to go that route. Yeah. It's like one of the things like you were talking about, the symbol of the shield before was like a symbol of hope and now it's a symbol of oppression, basically. Of like, he's the one thing the Flag Smashers were fighting against. Yeah, and you wonder if he'll uh, reinvigorate people. You know, he'll become like this figurehead villain that people are yeah. going against and... and a lot of similar political things as well. Like you have these people who have these high profile kind of events and they become the the center of a big debate that's, yep. you know, we've been talking about for how long about people on video doing things they shouldn't do. And then that becomes like the vocal point of political movements. And I think that this could be that for the MCU. Oh, for sure. I think this, I definitely think like they've been kind of going with this whole Sokovia thing from Avengers Age of Ultron until Endgame. And I think, end game like everything after the end game is going to be all about the blip and everything's going to relate to the blip but i also feel like this whole thing with john walker could be kind of a thing on its own especially maybe in the disney plus pocket of this universe of like captain america shield being in a guy's forehead kind of yeah and like you said it's point. coming in it's coming into a world that's already divided and tense yeah. because of the blip and we've had these people who are slowly trying to re acclimate to society and then there's probably this could easily be like a turning point like whether or not this is a moment people look back on is like oh this is the moment everything changed but it could be like people are at a point of intensity over this blip and then this one thing happens and it kind of unravels all of this like fake social peace that's going on right now and people are really going to start to be affected by the blip and affected by this, the social yeah. change that's happening around them yeah I definitely could see it also be a turning point too for uh, like the citizens in the MCU's kind of opinion of the heroes. Like right now, heroes have a high like social stock. Like everyone loves all of the Avengers. Like the Avengers pretty much saved the universe. Blah blah blah. You know, everyone mourned Tony Stark. I'm sure people love for the most part love Spider Man. All that. You see Captain America's shield decapitate a guy. I could, especially like a relatively innocent guy I feel like all of that could just be washed away and that could be something moving forward of the heroes are not exactly looked at as heroes I would like that because that's something I think is very present in comic books and not so much in the MCU is that the heroes are not like the status quo enforcers you know they work against the police in a lot of situations they work against the government in a lot of situations and I think the MCU has for this whole run pretty much had the Avengers be sort of hand-in-hand hand with the military, hand-in-hand hand with the government, and not be those kind of vigilante heroes that I know them so much to be. So I'd be very curious to see that reinforced again. Like we saw in the Sokovia Accords, there's these moments of the government trying to check heroes and ultimately not going through. So I wonder if this, plus the Blit, plus uh, Wanda taking over Westview, like those are the kind of things that I feel like really could re-inspire this crackdown on heroes, especially ahead of the eventual X-Men showing up, that could be their excuse to 
let's just suddenly why we don't like mutants now you know because yeah, <laughs> if i think if x-men show up right now people will be like okay cool more superheroes and there has to be a reason for the society to fear them yeah if you have wandavision's whole thing you have you know um captain america's out there just murking people i mean loki show it's not really going to affect anything because people didn't like loki anyways at least in the mcu like universe hawkeye there could be something that goes on there in that show i don't know how much damage a guy with a bow and arrow could do but who would have thought a guy with a shield could be like ruin captain america forever for the people inside the mcu so who knows yeah i'm really curious how much they're building from this we've talked about it before but i think this sets up a lot for the future of the mcu shows on disney plus there's only what like two or three episodes left in this show yeah, there's two because there's six total so yeah two yeah so we're obviously not going to cover everything in two episodes i think the power broker is something that's probably going to be like a finale reveal and left to yeah. another show like secret wars maybe or something like that it could be something where they bring the power broker back yeah or she could like if, if i could see it being like the main villain in hawkeye or something like that because then you have because you could kind of have those similar themes too of like kate bishop not feeling adequate because she doesn't have any powers and it's like clinton barton's like i didn't have any powers either and i stood toe-to-toe with all of the avengers and so you kind of have that and so maybe that's kind of thing the power broker maybe tempts kate bishop kate bishop or something like that so i could definitely see the power broker showing up in that show maybe the power broker is what gives she hulk her powers yeah it could be the power broker is what the young avengers come together to fight against in the in the eventual young avengers team up depends how long they're going to run this power broker storyline out but i i'd be shocked if he's like solved by the end of this no series we haven't haven't even seen them (laughs) if we saw the power broker and they're defeated by the end of uh this series like it would very much feel like an iron it would have to be like an iron man 3 situation where it's like some nerdy kid in his basement that's like a total dweeb that like somehow synthesized the serum from like the hulk's blood or like captain america's blood and then they're just like giving it out for money like there's no way this could be like a big powerful villain that we discover who they are and take out in two episodes time yeah at this point with two episodes left i'm feeling more and more inclined towards it being an established character and not just somebody new yeah, that's why I'm definitely there's. I feel like there's three people it could be, and that's. But I, I'm almost ruling out Ross. I feel like the three people I think it could be is Ham, Justin Hammer, uh, Mister Blue from the first Incredible Hulk, or Sharon Carter. I'm still leaning towards uh, Thunderbolt Ross. I'm not sure why. I just think that's yeah. a good way to bring him in and not have to worry about making a new Hulk movie while still using all the characters. I just feel like he's too much working like power broker i feel like is working too much against the government and thunderbolt ross like basically as far as the mcu goes is the government like i think we've seen the president once in like iron man 2 or iron man 3 like whenever you have the quote-unquote government in the mcu it's always been represented by ross i have one more theory to throw out for power broker and that i'm thinking maybe nick fury because we've seen that Nick Fury has been replaced by a scroll on Earth, and the real Nick Fury is working out in space, yeah. you know, post-Endgame. So I, w- I wonder if Nick Fury is now this, like, outside force working outside of S.H.I.E.L.D., working outside of the government, trying to, some way or another, 
broke power between these big yeah. moving corporations and these people who are battling for for power post blip i that's my outside black sheep theory considering my one last week was that Battlestar is going to be the new Captain America, and uh, I don't think that's happening yeah. now. <laughs> so I'll move yeah, on from that one. And now true. my new theory, my new my new theory is that Nick Fury is a power broker. Yeah, I, I mean that's potential. What about someone like Maria Hill, or even that's how they bring back like basically Kevin Feige's like, yeah, Agents of Shield is definitely not canon because when they, after Agent Coulson quote unquote died in the first Avengers movie, he like became a villain. <laughs> yeah that's how much agents of shield didn't happen yeah i was wondering if they'd ever bring back colson for anything because he's so tied to agents of shield they'd have to explain at least a little bit of like how is he alive and how, how much of that happened and how much of it didn't because they bring him back and he's just the same colson well i don't know i didn't watch most of agents of shield i watched none of agents of shield i'm just gonna <laughs> assume he wasn't a villain in that show so i think bringing him back as a power broker to be like yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't happen would kind of be funny. People would, would be, be pissed, funny. but I think it was hilarious. Just for yeah. all the people that take this stuff way too seriously, of like, what's canon and what's not. It's like, hey, fun fact, it's all fake anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I've been recently reading through a bunch of comic books and trying to figure out the what's canon, what's yeah. not, what's in the timeline, what's not. Eventually you realize, like, oh, none of it matters. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. of it's in canon, some of it's not, but who cares? It's superheroes. Comic book cartoon people are fighting, and that's all I really wanted. Yeah, like, I can understand, like, finding out what's canon to, like, read, like, one storyline. That's cool. That's fine. I've done that. But, like, as far as, like, uh, something like the MCU, like, oh, is the, are the Netflix shows canon? It's like, who gives a shit, man? <laughs> All those shows sucked except Daredevil season one and two. So I didn't watch most of them. I watched Daredevil. I watched Jessica Jones, and that was it. Yeah, Daredevil season one and two were great. Jessica Jones season one was okay. First half of Luke Cage season one was great. Second half garbage. <laughs> Punisher was okay. Didn't even watch Iron Fist, and I tried to watch The Defenders. That that was straight garbage. <laughs> You can tell they're putting the effort in on these shows, though. They're very yeah. much, whether or not they connect directly or importantly, you, you can tell they're at least trying yeah. to connect thematically and connect some yeah. of the characters and make it not feel like you're wasting your time watching these. No, because, like, I feel like there's going to be lines and references and moments in future, act like, movies where it's like, oh, that's from WandaVision, or oh, that's from Falcon and Winter Soldier, or oh, that's from Loki, or oh, that's from, you know, Hawkeye, or yeah, it's feeling to me a lot like Clone Wars felt for the Star Wars prequels. Like, you don't need to watch Clone Wars to follow yeah. the plot, but when you do watch it, it works just so much better. It's all yeah. the little moments that are there, and when you see characters yeah. show up, like, next time we see Bucky, next time we see Falcon, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot more history there than there was before. Yeah, like, there could be a moment in where he, like, Bucky, for whatever reason, is fighting the Wakandas again, and she reaches for his arm, and he, like, stops her, and if you watch falcon and winter soldier you're gonna know exactly why and if you haven't it's gonna be a quick moment that you're gonna be like well that was off but then you know before you know it the fight keeps going and you don't really think about it yeah i just can't wait i've gone in and out in my mcu fandom you know sometimes i'm in sometimes yeah. i'm not so much in and these shows have really pulled me back in you know yeah. as soon as i thought i was out they pulled me back in and that's where i'm at now i can't wait to see what's next yeah that's kind of where i'm at this is definitely a high point in the MCU for me. Like, 
like I remember Captain Marvel, I'm like, oh man, if Endgame doesn't hit, this could kind of be the beginning of the end for the MCU, but Endgame came out and, you know, for what it, for being an MCU movie was great. And then these shows have been good. WandaVision, not so much. That show sucked. It didn't <laughs> suck, but I just, I just think looking back when people like rewatch it, knowing that all of their theories weren't true, that, oh, maybe this show wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, for me, WandaVision was like a fun show to watch that ended up not really going to anywhere. And this show feels like it's definitely going yeah. somewhere. It feels like they had a beginning, middle, and end planned out for the plot. And there might be some bumps along the road getting there, but I think it definitely helps if they have a goal to get to and they have a story to tell. So it's easy to look past like some small scenes that might not work or some lines that aren't yeah. as good or some improv that isn't as good as it could be. Yeah, because you can tell they're t they're telling a story and they're basing it in their characters and they're doing the work there to make it feel earned and feel worth the time. Yeah, for sure. Like even if the show ended tomorrow, like even if this was like the final episode, like narratively it wouldn't make sense. But I'd still feel like it was quality programming that I watched. I'm like, okay, this is good. I got something out of this. So with two episodes left. Do you have any predictions for what they're gonna do and to wrap all this up? Yeah. So I think. It's going to be, I think Carly's going to team up with, especially now, Carly's going to team, and most of the Flag Smashers, I assume, if not all of the Flag Smashers, are going to team up with Bucky and Falcon, and it's going to be, like, I'm trying to think, Zemo, yes, I'm trying to think who would else would be on uh, John Walker's side, just like the military. So it's going to be them versus the Flag Smashers, Zemo, Falcon, and uh, Bucky against just ca fake Captain America in the, U in the U.S. military. Is that like what our fight, final I, fight is? I hope they bring in someone to back him up because I really like the dynamic between him and Battlestar. And it was unfortunate yeah. to see Battlestar meet his untimely end this episode. But yeah. I hope he's given at least somebody else to play off of. Battlestar had to die because Battlestar was basically, you know, his uh, Jiminy Cricket to his Pinocchio. Like, he was the only one that kept him calmed down. Because I think he would have went off the edge earlier if it wasn't for Battlestar. And with Battlestar gone, it's like he's a lost cause. Yeah, I'm very curious if they'll bring in someone to be his backup now. Because we are building up this team of yeah. rogues versus this team of heroes. Whether or not it's an established character or not, I really don't know what to expect for these two episodes i wonder if they're going to bring back uh isaiah who had the one one yeah. really good scene in the early uh episode two i think it yeah. was he came in yeah Carl i'd like Lumbly. to see him come back for a scene towards the end yeah that'd be cool if he like came back and we got like a throwdown you see this old man and he just fucking <laughs> kicks ass yeah him versus john walker oh i'd watch that i'd watch fucking wyatt russell get his shit kicked in not because I dislike Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell is great in this. Yeah, Wyatt Russell is great, and people that talk shit about him on Twitter are stupid because I guess they can't separate a fictional character from a real person. Yeah, they're sending death threats to this guy for playing a character that's... He's not even, like, yeah. the seen... darkest villain of the MCU. <laughs> I've seen... He's, like, morally yeah. complex and interesting, and people are like, no. Yeah, I've seen so many complaints about John Walker that it's like, you're just dumb. Because they, like... They're like, this guy's like a bad Captain America. Like, he just goes around, like, beating people up, and he doesn't have the same values as Steve Rogers. He's just, like, a bad Captain America. I don't get it. It's like, you clearly don't get it because that's the fucking point. 
the point of this whole show is that he is a bad Captain America. If you're mad at him being a bad Captain America, you're supposed to be. That's the point of the show. That doesn't mean the show's bad. But apparently some people out there think that. Some people, you know, like you said, they can't separate fact from fiction. You know, they see stuff on, on TV and they think it's real. And they think, yeah. oh, that guy is really Captain America. He's really fighting all those people. That yeah. that definitely happens. You can do that physically. Yeah. Uh, you can Evans, throw someone through a wall and they'll be fine. You think they just wait around waiting for, like, Chris Captain America to, like, turn into fire because they saw him do that in another movie once? <laughs> they keep DMing him like Chris Evans and they're like, oh, how dare you in, in Knives Out? You were so mean. That's yeah. not Captain America. They were, they were so confused in that movie where James Bond tried to investigate the murder of a Nazi that sang a lot of songs who was ended up being murdered by Captain America. Like, how did a Nazi have Captain America for a grandson? That doesn't make sense. Wow, what a crossover that was. Ryan Johnson once again. Yeah. They had, a, they had that, that family. They had the cop from Miami Vice. They had Laurie Strode from, you know... Halloween, like this was the most famous family of all time, Captain America. That's just just a super famous family. Yeah, we gotta wait for White Russell to show up. Yeah. Knives out too. Knives out too. I still say I want that movie to go the opposite end of the spectrum. This is like a white, rich, upper class family. Not, get set knives out too in a trailer park. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> I'm down for that. We're no longer talking is, about Captain. Yeah, this is not the Knives Out podcast. Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, unless you have any final thoughts, yeah, I mean, we mentioned it, but I'm super into this show. I can't wait for these next two episodes. I, I'm gonna have a great time watching, a great time talking about them with you, and then it'll be a long wait for the next Marvel show. <laughs> not really. I'm all in, and these even just a couple of weeks off between this and Loki, but I'm more excited mm -hmm. for Hawkeye. I think that's gonna be more of a direct influence than the story i think yeah. i'm i'm more interested interested in that than loki but the loki trailer was good so i have a th can loki, i yeah i guess i'm in i mean this is still a disney plus show so i'm gonna drop it. i have a theory about the overall plot of loki i think like a lot of the early episodes are going to be very wandavision-esque where he's going off on like random adventures that really don't matter they're going to be like fun and whatever but ultimately story-wise they're not going to matter i think the ultimate sh end of the show or like you know purpose of the show is loki is gonna have to do things to set up things that happen in the mcu like i could see a situation where like he has to set something up for like steve rogers plane to fail so he crashes in the ice and freezes and he has to do like all of these things and set certain things up so he can set that basically the mcu as we know it in motion and I think at the end he's going to sacrifice and die, and that's going to be the end of Loki forever. Like, we're not seeing Loki anymore. Big prediction. I, I like that a lot that he's going through setting up the timeline, because I think the trailer hinted that he's fixing the timeline somehow, yeah. so I think that would be interesting that he has to go back and, without any acknowledgement of the characters, like, fix the timeline so he can go back and watch the movies again and be like, oh, there's Loki in the background. Like, he's not yeah. actually going to be there, but it could be like, oh, here's a scene where Loki fix the plane to crash here's a scene where like loki set this guy up to do this and that could be kind of fun what if they'd like completely ruin something like you find out it wasn't actually bucky that killed tony's parents 
but it was Loki as Bucky that killed Tony's parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go into this completely retcon like the entire thing. Yeah. It would kind of be amazing, but I would be mad. I, I would be mad. Like, the thing that makes me mad most in the MCU right now, like, storyline wise retconning wise is the dumb fucking cat taking out nick fury's eye after the badass line because it ruins that line in winter soldier that's the thing that if they never brought it up if that line is not in winter soldier and that's just how he lost his eye I'd be like funny and i'd be perfectly okay with it but the fact that it ruins that like badass line and my favorite mcu movie is what pisses me off i think that would piss me off more if they were like oh like all the setup with bucky and it wasn't even bucky it was loki <laughs> Yeah, I'm all excited for Loki, though. I think it's going to, like you said, expand some stuff to the MCU. It's going to be, I think, what people expected WandaVision to be. I think it's going to bring in a lot of the multiverse, yep. a lot of the more insane stuff that yep. people are expecting from that show. Versus this show that is very much grounded and very yep. much focused on the characters and you. Yeah. Outside of a couple of the action scenes, this could be like any other spy thriller in a way, yep. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just heightened with like super soldiers and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see Owen Wilson, too. I never thought I'd see him in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of interesting MCU people coming up. You know, we've got Haley Steinfeld coming in. We've got Oscar Isaac coming in. Wait, who's Oscar Isaac? He's playing Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good. But, yeah, should be fun. Should be interesting. Uh, and we'll I, be here covering every episode yeah. of every one of these shows. <laughs> I think there's talks of us doing a, like, Phantom Menace drink along this weekend but i'm not 100 percent sure we gotta nail that down so watch that check that out otherwise our next episode of movie change up is going to be mon this monday at seven uh it's me versus bobby we've been talking about this match a while but it got delayed because of reasons uh but this episode will not get delayed hopefully so enjoy the rest of your evening it's 12 48 a.m and so i guess enjoy the rest of your morning uh have a nice night see you guys